Corinthians chapter number 4. I want to read a couple of verses to you tonight, and then I'm going to deal with uh, a, a, a subject. I want to encourage you, uh, as we think about summer, as we head into the summer, as we think about coming out of the summer, and uh, really just a day-to-day reality of the Christian life, I want to make a statement, and this statement is the message itself. Remain faithful. Uh, remain faithful. Now, tonight I'm going to be preaching uh, for, for you two boys that are, that are called to preach up here. This is going to be an expository topical message, all right? And so for those of you who are, are uh, interested in that, typically we uh, spend our time in uh, expository preaching, but I do want to draw a couple of things out and be very practical tonight as you think about that statement, remain faithful. Remaining faithful is one of the hardest things to do. As you start something, it's been said before, we mentioned this in our Sunday school class, it's not enough to just start. Uh, Starting is a great thing. Every single one of us, if you were to say right now that you don't have a devotional life, you say, I want to start one. That's a great statement. That's a great thing to do. If you were to start a prayer life, if you don't have an active prayer life, you say, I want to start praying more. That's great that you start it, but you have to continue it. You have to continue staying faithful in that area and continuing to do those things, remaining faithful in the house of God, remaining faithful to your family, remaining faithful to all of these many things. Those are all great things. But tonight I want to very simply preach a message on remaining faithful to the Lord Himself. Because if you remain faithful to God, all of those other areas will oftentimes take care of themselves. And so tonight, notice what the Bible says in verse number 1, chapter number 4, 1 Corinthians Let a man so account for us, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of a man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, will manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 2 as we draw our attention to these key words. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, I want to encourage you, if you do mark in your Bible, you can do this if you would like to, but two words I want you to take note of this evening is the word required and the word faithful. You see, the word required means to demand something from someone or something, to seek for something in order to find it. Uh, It's a requirement. You need that, whether you're pursuing that or you have to have it nonetheless. The word faithful here means faithful in duties. It speaks of business. It speaks of worthy of trust, easily persuaded, and can be relied upon. It's something that you don't have to worry about. And in the Christian life, one of the things that ought to be evident in all of our lives is that we are faithful stewards, that we are faithful to the Lord. And as you look at those two words, the word required and the word faithful, it is something that we have to take inventory on tonight. Are we faithful to the Lord? Are we faithful to the things that He has placed in our lives? Are we faithful to the house of God, to our family, to all of the many things that we've already mentioned tonight? And as you think about that word required, that is a requirement of our God. He desires that we would be those things. And you see, in the Christian life, the Christian life is not one that should be filled with uh, 
an individual who is cocky or arrogant, an individual who is full of pride and full of themselves, but it is filled with, uh, it's, it's a person that's filled with humility, a person who is a gracious individual, a person who understands what God has for them, and in spite of who they are and what they are, God still desires to use them. Paul understood that. Paul understood that he was nothing. He wasn't a big deal. He wasn't someone that had come onto the scene that, that everybody needed to see. But by the grace of God, God used him because he just simply desired one thing, that he would point others to Christ. And as you think about being faithful, that is something in and of itself that will point others to Christ. You might be asking this question right this very moment. Well, what's the big deal if I'm only faithful to the Lord on 320 of the 365 days of the year? Well, that means that 45 of those days you've missed an opportunity to point others to Christ. That means that 45 days out of the year you missed an opportunity to see all that God had for you. That means that 45 uh, days out of the year you weren't fully invested in what God truly desired to do with your life. You have missed out. You think about these words, faithful and required. Tonight I want to preach a message entitled, Remain Faithful. And I want to share just ten things with you this evening that I pray will be a help to you concerning remaining faithful. These are things that I have written down. These are things that I I have personally uh, tried to instill in my own life if I'm going to be found faithful. These are things that are practical. These are not things that you look at and you say, I can't do this thing. No, you can Every single one of us. Notice with me one more time in verse number 2. The Bible says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Tonight I want to share these ten things and we will look at many verses. And so you can either take notes, you can flip to these verses if you choose to. But go with me if you would to the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 20 if you would. And the very first thing that you will see that we ought to strive to do if we're going to be found faithful. A requirement that the Lord desires to be present in our lives is that, number one, we would, re, we would understand that we need to surrender our life to the Lord. Can I encourage you, number one, if you're going to be, remain faithful, surrender your life to the Lord. If you've made the statement before, it's my life, I'll do with it what I want, then you're wrong. It's not your life. It's a life that's been offered to you for a short time. It's a life that has been granted to you, but at any point in time, God could take that life. The Bible says in verse number 24 of Acts chapter number 20, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy that the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Faithfulness is something that only will take place when we are completely given to God. Uh, when I say the word faithful, I re, re, really understand that faithful and the word faithful or faithfulness is not something that is every once in a while. It's not something that someone would say, you know, well, they, they are faithful 20% of the time or 40% of the time. Well, typically, if you're only there 20% of the time, you're only giving 20% of effort or 40% of effort, effort I wouldn't say they're, they're faithful 40% of the time. No, I'd say you're unfaithful 60% of the time. And that's something we have to understand is, are we going to surrender our life to the Lord? And when it comes to many of us, if we're not surrendering our life to the Lord, it's because we don't truly want to buy into all that God has for us. We're, 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 we're wanting to hold on to some things. We're wanting to make sure that we can still navigate and figure out what we want to do. But there's coming a day in all of our lives where we will look back and look at our life and say, did I accomplish all that God had for me? Well, if you surrender your life to the Lord, you have a better start and you have a better chance of doing that. 
Tonight, if you've never once come to this altar, you've never once been in your home, you've never once sat down and said, Lord, I just want to surrender my life to you. That's not 95% of your life. That's not 80% of your life. That's 100% of your life. Lord, you do with my life what you choose to do. That will put you on the path to remaining faithful to God. Number two. Number two, as you think about remaining faithful, number two, determine to serve the Lord. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, you'll find in chapter number 15, a verse that many of us have read before, but in chapter number 15, verse number 58, we're all familiar with this verse. As you think about determining to serve the Lord, that will aid you and help you in remaining faithful because the more you serve the Lord, the more you desire to serve the Lord. I've found it to be true in my own life that whenever I find myself doing something for God, I want to continue doing that thing. The Bible says in verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. These are big words that are with strong meaning here. And when I say big words, I'm not meaning big words as far as long words or hard to pronounce, but these are words that have a lot of meaning to them. Uh, It says right here, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. These words that are being used here, the word steadfast is a word that is, is, is a great deal of measure, if you would. As you look at this word, unmovable, we're living in a world today where there are many Christians that are living flip-floppy and they're not consistently given to God. They're given to the world on some occasions. They're given to the Lord on some occasions. They don't truly understand all that God could do with them if they were just buying into what the Lord had for them. He says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I mentioned this a while back to the teens. I might have mentioned it in here as well, but I remember a message that Brother Abbott preached a couple of years ago. And when he was preaching, he preached a message on being addicted to the ministry. It's the only time in Scripture where the word addicted is ever used. And that word addicted is speaking of them being addicted to the ministry. And I'll tell you, whenever you find yourself serving God, it becomes something you want to do more and more of. You you find yourself saying, hey, I don't want to just serve God every once in a while. I want to serve God daily with my life. Lord, I want to remain faithful in these things. As you think about Paul's life, we're going to deal with this later on, but Paul uses the word castaway later on. And very simply, what Paul had a desire to do was live for the Lord all the days of his life that he had remaining, and he didn't want to be a castaway. Now, that word castaway is a very interesting word, and we'll deal with it later on again, but the word castaway very simply means this. It means not approved. It means not standing the test. It means rejected, unfit, cast aside, and disqualified. Can I share with you that there's coming a day in all of our lives where we will no longer be able to do what we once could. There's going to come a day. I remember I was visiting in, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I was visiting my parents, and I had a conversation with an individual in their church, and this individual said that they come to the altar every single service. And I will never forget, as they were talking to me, they said, I, I'll, I go to the, the, the altar every single service because I know there's coming a day when I won't be able to get there. And you think about those things. There's coming a day when you won't be able to go out on visitation. There's coming a day when you won't be able to do some of the things that God would have for you to do right now serving Him. Paul didn't want that. Paul didn't want to be a castaway. Paul didn't want to be cast aside and disqualified and unfit for those things. He didn't want to be rejected. He wanted God to use him all the days of his life that he had remaining. 
And so can I encourage you this morning, number or this evening, number one, surrender your life to the Lord. Number two, serve the Lord. Determine by the grace of God that you're going to serve the Lord. And number three, dedicate yourself to walking with the Lord. If you were to go to the book of Daniel, you'll see all throughout the book of Daniel that Daniel, number one, he purposed in his heart to do these things. He purposed in his heart that he was going to live for God. He purposed in his heart that he wasn't going to defile God. But as you go and you look at Daniel's life, I believe it's in chapter number 6, that in chapter number 6, they come and they're trying to find a reason to accuse Daniel of some things. The Bible says in that portion of Scripture that they could find no fault in him. You know why they couldn't find a fault in him? Because Daniel had a walk with the Lord. Daniel was one who determined by the grace of God he was going to stay faithful, he was going to remain faithful, and he was just going to have a personal walk with the Lord. He's told he's not allowed to pray any longer. And what's he do? Goes and opens his doors to, or his windows to Jerusalem and right then and there prays. You find all throughout the book of Daniel that Daniel was another example in Scripture of someone who had a personal walk with the Lord. As you think about a personal walk with the Lord, that is something that is uh, exactly that, personal. You think about walking daily with the Lord and how personal, how, how intimate as you take those requests to Him, as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time maybe weeping or on your knees crying or maybe you're, you're thinking about all that God has for you, you're rejoicing in the blessings, whatever the case might be. The greatest thing about our Savior is that He's personal to every single one of us. He loves all of His children. He loves to deal with His children. The things that you're facing, God knows what you're facing and He desires to be with you during all that. He desires to tend to you, to reveal all that He has for you. And so as you think about dedicating yourself to some things, can I encourage you to dedicate yourself to walking with the Lord? Every single one of us tonight are going to dedicate our time to something, someone, somewhere at some point. And what a great thing is we de dedicate every single day that we say, hey, you know what? I'm going to dedicate myself to having a personal walk with the Lord. Young people are not going to be able to someday as they, become, uh, as they grow up and, and start to, to get out on their own, they're not going to be able to say, hey, I'm going to live off my, my parents' personal walk. That will only take them so far. That testimony stops at some point. It stops whenever you make the statement, hey, my parents raised me in church. Well, that's great. What are you going to do after that? As you think about parenting these young people and you think about the children that are coming up in our, our church right this very moment, we ought to pray that they would have a personal walk with the Lord as well. And so we must first model it by dedicating ourselves to having a personal walk with the Lord. Number four. Number four is one that we all struggle with. Take your Bibles, if you would. Turn to Hebrews. The reason we struggle with this is because of pride and selfishness. Every single one of us have a, a, a form of pride and a form of selfishness within us. It is in our makeup. It is something that we have to battle and struggle with on a daily basis. And it's something that if we don't get taken care of, it will hold us back. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 2. Actually, back up to verse number 1. Verse number 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We're going to come back to verse number two here in just a little while, but number four, remove sin from your life. You want to remain faithful to the Lord? Get that sin out of there. 
You know what it is. You know the Lord has convicted you of that. Every single one of us struggles with certain things. But sin is something that should not be present in the life of a child of God. It is something that should not be played with. It is not something that should be taken lightly. It is not something that should be laughed about or, 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 or joked about. It is something that should be taken seriously and dealt with in the right spirit, in the right regard. You see, sin, sin is something, if it's not taken care of, not only will it hurt our walk with the Lord concerning remaining faithful, but it hurts our testimony. It hurts our love for others. It hurts all that God has for us concerning service. It hurts our relationships. It hurts our fellowship. And I can often tell whenever I've got something that I need to get right with the Lord because my spirit is not what it needs to be. That sin might be bogging me down, whether it's a, a, a sin of just a, 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 a bitter spirit or a poor attitude or whatever the case might be. God begins to reveal that to me, and as I get that right with Him, I'll tell you, my countenance changes. Can I share with you, number four, remove sin from your life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, verses 24 and 25, as you flip back maybe just a, a page or so, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We've heard it said before, and I never can quote the statement or make the quote accurate. I always butcher it, but many of you know it. But it starts very simply with sin will take you further than you ever expected it to take you and something else and do more damage than you ever thought it would do. And you think about that and how true that statement is because sin is something that looks pleasing. Oh, it looks great. It looks like it's not going to be a big deal. And as you've had conversations before, you might have even heard someone make that statement. Maybe they're talking to you and they make the statement. You say, hey, are you going to be at church tonight? And they say, oh, no, we're going to go and do this. And, and immediately you might say, hey, you know, you should really come to church tonight. And they say, oh, it's just one service. It's not a big deal. But the same statement I made last week, I'll make again. What if it was that one service that God had intended to change your entire life? What if it was that one service that God had for one of these young people to really do a thorough work? We must be careful. You know, sin, doing things that, that look pleasing and doing things that we think will be fun, oh, they're fun, but only for a season. They always bring destruction and ruin. You find that in the book of Psalms and also Proverbs. Number five tonight, as you're staying in the book of Hebrews, look with me in chapter number 11, if you would. Chapter number 11, I love chapter number 11, the faith uh, chapter in the Bible. Verse number 7, the Bible says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Number 5, look to God's promises and leading. You want to remain faithful, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord for His promises. Look to the Lord uh, for all that He has for you. We come to understand as, as Christians tonight that uh, our guidebook is right here and our guide is our Savior. As you go to the Lord, He's going to guide you in certain things, but oftentimes He's going to guide you as He leads you in His Word and directs you through His Word to do certain things. And so as you make the statement tonight, maybe you want to remain faithful in all of what God has for you. Well, hey, look to God's Word and what God has for you. Look to the Lord as a family. Look to the Lord as an individual and say, Lord, I want to remain faithful, and so how can I do that? Proclaim and claim His promises. There are so many promises in God's Word that we miss out on often. And there are so many things that we can look to in God's Word and say, Ah, now it makes sense. If we would just give attention to the Word of God. Number six, 
Number six tonight, give God your best all the time. All the time. Not just a little bit of time. Not just occasionally. All the time. Uh, As you think about your job and as you think about your company or whatever status of work you do, if, if your boss were to come by and to judge your work, you would want your boss to say, hey, you did your best job. Well, just as highly as you want your boss to speak on the job that you do for him, the job that you do for her, whatever the case might be, may it be said that as children of God, God looks at us and says, hey, that Christian right there is always going to give 100%. That Christian right there is always going to do all that they can. As you think about giving God your best, go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew for just a moment. To the book of Matthew. And sometimes we can take for granted all that God has for us. Sometimes we get callous in serving Him and doing the same thing over and over, and we begin to get tired of it. But can I tell you, there are so many people that I've met who wishes that they could just serve God one more chance. There's so many people, and so when you're given the opportunity to serve the Lord, take it and run with it and serve Him. Do the best you can. Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 21, the Bible says this. His Lord said unto him, notice these words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Those words right there, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. We'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. It's in Luke chapter number 16, verse number 10, where the Bible says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in also in the much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Can I encourage you tonight, if you're going to remain faithful, give God your best all the time. Whether it's in a ministry, whether it's in an opportunity, whether it's in uh, your, 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 your conversation, whether it's in what you listen to, whether it's in the places you go to, give God your best. And it goes all the way back to the first thing. If you're going to give God your best, surrender your all. Surrender to Him. Give Him your life, and He'll direct your paths. And number seven tonight. Number seven is you make your way back to Hebrews chapter number 12. Our theme verse for the year as you think about Uh, what we're trying to accomplish in our own lives and as we try to keep focused on the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for who? For the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse number 2 again, looking unto Jesus. Number 7, always keep your eyes on the Lord. In the day and age in which we live in, times are getting worse and worse. We understand that. It's not something we're caught off guard by. It's not something that we're unaware of. But can I share with you that times have been getting worse all the way from the beginning when sin entered into the world. It's not some new thing that has has taken place. But as the world gets worse and worse and as times get darker and darker, as a child of God, the greatest thing we can do is keep our eyes fixed on Him looking up. As you look up to the Lord, as you keep your eyes on the Lord, He'll direct you and He'll guide you and He'll move you where He would have for you to be. And I'll tell you right now, as you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, He's going to say, hey, one thing, remain faithful to me. Remain faithful to me. Remain faithful to the Word of God. Remain faithful to all that I have for you. Many times we forget the same principles that we teach our children. As we teach our children these types of things that we will make a statement when our children might ask this question. And when I say our children, I mean mankind. But when children ask their parents this question, well, why do we do this or why can't I do this? 
Sometimes you will say, it's for your own good. That's what you'll make the statement. It's for your good. It's for your protection. We're wanting to make sure that you're taken care of. Can I share with you, that's exactly what God's Word reveals to His children. It's for your own good. Hey, keep your eyes fixed on me. Remain faithful. Why, Lord? Why should we do this? It's for your own good. There are boundaries that are set in God's Word for our own good. And so as we look to Him, He'll reveal those things. Number eight. This is another hard one sometimes for us. Remove distractions that hinder us. In the book of Philippians, chapter number 3, the Bible says in verse number 13, Brethren, I count it not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Remove those distractions that are going to hinder you. Every single one of us knows what those distractions are. Every single one of us, as we come to the house of God, as we're in our own homes, we know those things that cause us to get off track with our walk with the Lord or get off track in our personal relationship or our fellowship with the brethren or whatever the case might be. We know those things that are a distraction. As you think about some of the, the, the greatest distractions, those things are in our hands. Hey, if it's a distraction, you're wanting to accomplish spending some time in prayer and spending some time in God's Word. It would do us good to set the phone in a direction and in a place that it's not going to be a distraction to us. As you come to the house of God, it'd be good that we prepare our hearts and we say, Lord, take all of those things that are on my mind and remove them for just a little while. Lord, I want to get all that you have for me. Lord, I want to remain faithful. So, Lord, help me to remove the distractions that hinder me. Number nine, be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, the Bible says at the very end of that verse, but be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit-filled life is a blessed life. It's a fruitful life. It's a joyful life. As you think about much joy that comes, you know the exact same feeling that all of the children know. That whenever the children have been told time and time and time again not to do something, and then all of a sudden they accidentally do that, and they'll, they'll get in trouble for that. But then there comes a day where it clicks, and all of a sudden that, that child walks up to you with a big cheesy grin on their face, and you're wondering, what did you just do? And they look at you and they say, hey, I, I almost did this, but you told me not to, so I didn't. You ever had that happen before? And, and that, no. And that, that, that child is so excited because they were so tempted to do that, yet they overcame it. They didn't do it. And the joy that comes for us as, as Christians whenever we're tempted to do certain things and we're, 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 temptation is going to take place. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you can overcome that temptation. And as, a, as a Christian, if you're going to remain faithful... You remain faithful by being filled with the Spirit, getting in God's Word, giving yourself to Him on a daily basis, humbling yourself. The moment oftentimes where a great failure takes place in a Christian's life is right after a great victory. The reason that is is because there's so much pride in that, hey, look what I did. No, you didn't do nothing. It was by the grace of God that you didn't do something there. You overcame that by the grace of God. It wasn't something that you accomplished. It wasn't something, as a matter of fact, in spite of you, God accomplished that. And it's after a great victory oftentimes where we fall. Be filled with the Spirit. And then number 10, this is something that will always keep us going forward and remaining faithful to Him. Number 10, prepare for the coming of the Lord. Can I encourage you tonight? Look up. Look up. Prepare yourself. If the Lord were to come back at any point in time, will you be found remaining faithful at that present time? 
it's a, it's a serious thought that, is, that we must think about often that when the Lord does come back, what will we be found doing? Will you be found falling in sin? Will you be found giving away to some uh, form of, uh, of sin here? Will you be found faithfully in the house of God? Or will you be on your knees in prayer? Will you be reading your Bible? Or, or will you be just out witnessing? Or will you be on your job site being a testimony of what a Christian looks like and how they, a Christian lives and how a Christian works? Or what will you be doing? But nonetheless, will the Lord, when He comes back, say, Hey, they were faithful. They were faithful. And I encourage you tonight, these ten things have been a help to me. And these ten things keep me grounded in my personal walk with the Lord as I think about Paul as he said these words of not wanting to be a castaway. I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be one that is not approved, not standing the test, not being able to be fit. I don't want to be a cast aside. I don't want to be disqualified. I want all the days of my life that the Lord allows me to live for me to be given completely to Him. Starts tonight by basically saying this, Lord, I want to surrender my all. Lord, I want to surrender my life. Lord, I want to surrender my will. Lord, as a matter of fact, here's a blank sheet. You write it. Can't wait to see what you're going to write. And can I share with you many of the Christians who have given God a blank sheet of paper and watched God write the story have looked back and said, man, it was the sweetest story I could have ever written up. You know why? Because you can't imagine all that God could do with your life if you would just give it to Him. Are there going to be times when you're wondering, Lord, what are you doing? Yes, but whenever he brings you through it, you'll look back and say, man, that was awesome. That was awesome. I look at the Christian life sometimes, and, and sometimes our, our lives characterize all of the, the many movies that come out. Sometimes our lives as Christians look like a comedy. You're standing there wondering what's going on, and you just have to laugh a little bit because of what's taking place. Sometimes your, your life as a Christian is considered an action-packed story. I mean, it's just, man, it's just going. It's just, you're just going, going, going. Sometimes it's a horror story. And you wonder, Lord, what are you doing here? But can I share with you, at the end of every single one of those stories, as you think about our lives as Christian, God is always faithful. When you think about remaining faithful tonight, can I encourage you tonight to remain faithful to the Lord by saying, Lord, I want to surrender my all. And then watch what God does in every single one of those steps. Look up to Him. Allow Him to guide you. I want to encourage you as we go into this summer. I know that I've said this. I'm not just saying this. I truly believe this. But the summertime is one of the, the sweetest times for families in the church. It's one of the sweetest times for the church to really take some steps forward. It's a, it's a time where we can look and say, God, what do you truly have for us? There's no distraction of school. There's nothing that is holding us back from doing what God would have for us. Our young people go to junior camp and teen camp, and they're going to sit in on services. We've got a generation-to-generation conference at the very end of the summer to, to recap everything, and there's meeting after meeting and service after service, and there's such a sweet spirit. But let's not just go through the motions. This summer, may we all find ourselves saying, this summer, Lord, I want you to do the miraculous this summer. God, do something this summer that sets forth all that you have for us for the rest of this year, for the rest of my Christian life. Lord, do something this summer in 2021. We've just come off of a difficult year in 2020, and God's been working in 2021. And as everything is slowly getting back to a more normal, I wonder if God is saying, hey, children, don't go back to what was normal. Be different. As the Bible says, be a peculiar people. May this summer define Gateway Baptist Church as a peculiar people. 
people that got on their knees often, that people that surrendered their all, people that said, hey, God, I don't want to miss out on all that you have for me. So, Lord, do whatever you please. And, Lord, help us to be obedient. Can I encourage you tonight? Start off by surrendering your all to the Lord. And in each one of those steps, allow God to have his perfect will. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness tonight once again. Lord, you're a good God. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, there's so many different things that are running through my mind right this very moment as we think about summer and preparing for summer. And Lord, all that you have for us. Lord, I pray that we don't miss it. Lord, that we don't go through the motions and just try to get through the summer. But Lord, every single day we prepare ourselves for all that you have for us. Lord, as we have special meetings planned and Lord, as we think about the the teens and the juniors going to camp, Lord, and you set some things in motion there. Lord, as you continue that work at a generation and generation youth conference, and Lord, as you help us with our revival meeting that we have on anniversary weekend and all the many things that are in store, as we come through the Christmas season and have a big Christmas Sunday, and Lord, as we close out our year, I pray that we would look back on this year and see that you did something in the summer of 2021 at Gateway Baptist Church. Lord, that other Christians would notice it. Lord, that other churches would say, what's different about that church? Lord, at the core of it all, we'd be able to look to you and say, you made all the difference. Lord, help us to fall back in love with you. Just fall back in love with your word. Just fall back in love with serving you. Lord, help us to surrender our all. Give you all that you have. Lord, help us to not give just a portion, but truly come to you saying, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Guide us tonight, Lord. Stir us and move us to action this time. We'll thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.